Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Putting it up to him, aren't well, they? Speaking about Basley, he's taken one for 17 as well with the egg. He's in his third over right now, too. So two for 26 Namibia. The target is 149, so they're on the back foot. And they must win this game to progress. If they do, they will knock Ryan Campbell and the Netherlands out of the World Cup after Sri Lanka beat them earlier today. Will he be sitting around watching this game? Absolutely, think, mate. We should actually ring him. We should get him on the radio. Uh, I, I don't know if Heater uh, can actually dial him up, and we'll just see how he's feeling. That'd be nice to get him on live radio tonight, thanks to KO. Watch the T20. World Cup on KO Sports. That's what we're doing tonight in the studio here at 8.82 6PR. Join it at any time if you, you've got something to say, you'd like to roll it in. A bloke you know, Zach mm. Langdon, uh, has been cut from the West Coast Eagles. A one-year contract still to go. How does that make you feel? What do you think about that? No relation to you, Carl. No, he's not, no. Um, oh, look, I mean... I can't sit here and bang on about Jason Horn Francis after leaving uh, after one year on his contract and be quite critical of his um, time in the game and walking out a year into a deal at North Melbourne and not being happy and player power and that sort of stuff and then turn the other way when it's on the club because you know Zach Langdon signed a deal a contract just mm. like Horn Francis had but this time the shoe was on the other foot and West Coast have you know, taking the contract away from him. It, I, I just personally can't sit here and say, oh, well, players need to fulfil their contract. And then when a club doesn't do it, say, oh, it's all good. Um, you know, he hasn't fulfilled his expectations and they have the right to cut him. I, I've got to, I, I have to just uphold how I feel about it. I don't think it's a good thing from the West Coast Eagles to finish his year, his contract a year before it's done. Yeah, well, they've paid him out because what's not been able to be negotiated here is a club take it on and, and they'd be able to get, say, a suitable trade for him to continue his career. Yeah, so yeah. he goes and looks for another job. Yeah. Now, now, it's different to Horn Francis. Horn Francis was only a young kid. But if you think of the Jack Bowes scenario where the Gold Coast actually get rid of Bowes and pick seven, they send him to Geelong. Or we could go back to Trelaw and Stevenson who got marched out of North Mel- uh, marched out of uh, North Melbourne. Is that right? Trelaw. Trelaw, sorry, out of, out of Collingwood. Got marched out of Collingwood. Yeah. Uh, and they're playing at their new clubs now, the Western Bulldogs and Stevenson, of course, at North Melbourne. Now, you must remember that those two guys had contracts and they essentially got put into the same scenario as what Zach Langdon's been put into. The only difference is, is that they got an opportunity somewhere else. Now, uh, whether that was explored, I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe they, West Coast, tried to have a look around, see whether if there's no takers, what do you do? And at the end of the day... There's a a piece of paper that's been signed by somebody. You pay the person and the person moves on and then you enable another person to come in. That's assuming you've got some room to move in the salary cap. I mean, they get another young player in. If they don't think he's in their future, which obviously they don't, then you've got to make the call. Well, shouldn't this happen more often across the AFL then? I mean, this is this is pretty rare. This doesn't happen often. I don't speak about it as if this goes on every year. This doesn't happen every year. I mean, where, where, where are we in the off-season? 
We're eight weeks into the off-season, and then what, they just clip him up with a year to go. Hmm. That's not regular. No. Well, maybe he's been overseas, and it's just taken a while. Well, I, I don't know. I, do, I ha- haven't seen whether he's it, been around. If he's not in their future. Could have it been done earlier? Just, of course, cut but, him at the end of the year. But then. maybe he wasn't around. Maybe they've just done it in a face-to-face meeting, because that's Must one thing. Must have been thing. a big mad Monday. I mean, you, you, you're there after the end of the season. <laughs> one thing that... I think that the club's always prided itself on is sitting there and 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 talking to the person face to face. Now, as I said, I'm only speculating because well, we I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Either. Right. So that may be a reason. Um, but it's done. He's I'd... been he's been cut, and hopefully they've come to a an agreement whereby he gets compensated for it, and that's fair. I I can't sit here and and criticise Jason Horn Francis and then not criticise the West Coast Eagles. I, no, it, that would be me. Taving your foot in both camps, and I can't do that. So. If you get made redundant in a job, though, you you get paid for a period of time, and you, you get uh, you you um, what you've earned and what you've worked for, and that's essentially the way it works. Yeah, but okay, that's fine. But this doesn't happen all the time. You, you, clubs can't just be cutting and paying out players every year, can they? Because then there wouldn't be any money to pay the rest. Well, of I think the I think they squad. can because it works the same way as Horn Francis who wanted out, but they don't do it. So it's it's a regular. There's plenty of players that wanted out and have wanted out and are not with a year left on Lob. their contract and just getting well, squeezed on. in the middle Rory, of the offseason. Rory Lobb's out. He's, yeah, but he's he's gone. he wanted out. The Lloyd Meek. Club. Lloyd Meek. He's yes. gone. He wanted out. Yeah. Did, did Zach well, Langdon go? Why can't to, it work the other way? Just Z- because the player wants out, well, that's okay. But when the club wants to get rid of a bloke, it's not fair. Yes, correct, Carl. Oh, really? Yes. Really? You reckon it's? You don't reckon it works no, both no, ways? No, but I'm not. But I, you're the one who's saying the players. I'm the one saying players shouldn't be able to leave their contracts. Oh, right. A signed okay. piece of paper. So you're saying you're saying the club and the player need to honour that contract. There should be no movement. If a player has a contract and the club has a contract, then they need to both see out their contract. It's not that black and white, but it does add fuel to the fire of contracts aren't worth the paper they're written on, from both sides. Clearly. Sheesh. What? I wish you'd been sitting here for the last 15 years. We would have had a good, good time, oh, you and Well, I. no. you like People have been saying exactly, ringing up the radio. They'll ring right now on 133882. That's what people have been saying for ages. What's the point of signing people on a contract? I've always thought, and do you reckon this would work, right? So everyone does the same training. Yeah. So you all get a base payment. Yeah. Same base payment. Everyone does the same training, right? Some blokes, older blokes, might get looked after a bit, which I understand as they as they as they get a bit older. But you you all do your pre-season, you get yourself ready for a season. Yeah. But then it should be incentives. Comes down to getting a game. Okay. And then so match payments. Match payments. Yeah. And then finishing inside the club's fairest and best. Don't worry about the, what the outside world already, looks at. Nah, already don't like that because. You know who win clubs best and fairest? Who? Other than this year with Tom Brass, midfielders. It's the same. It's the same junk. Yeah, but that's get... where the best players play. No, no, no. They play in the back line, Carl. Hang and on, and hang finally, on. West Coast have realised that. There's blokes your size running around in the midfield, and there's a couple coming up where they're going to have a chat to Kevin Sheehan tonight. That I reckon he might uh, push forward and speculate about that. Yes. Uh, Arriving you in the height stakes now. What you're 195, I think. I spent some time on the wing. Patrick Cripps is probably a better example. He's yeah. tall. He's tall. Yeah, but he, but the the young guys these days, it's unbelievable. Like you're you're tall. Yes. But when blokes are running around in the midfield your size and they've got speed and and you know this is what's being talked about in the upcoming draft is there's some real big blokes yes. with genuine speed. In fact, a couple of them have tested better than what others have tested ever before. Uh, you're correct, and it's scary. And I'm and thank the Lord that both you and I are out of the game now. We get to just talk about and not play on these guys. There's been some changes to the Australian cricket cricket team, Carl. Well, yeah, and and this is. 
is on the back of that freak injury. Uh, we we asked uh, everyone last night what their freak injuries were, and no one really wanted to play that game. But Josh Inglis, his six iron, has actually cut his hand open. He's had half a dozen stitches on the back of that, and now he is out of the World Cup team and or out of the squad, and Cameron Green is in. Now, some would say, well, he should have been in there in the first place, but he wasn't. Uh, that's because he put on those really good performances during those couple of warm-up games where he absolutely pasted them, and he went to the top of the order, and he showed us that he could get the job done. So he comes in, but uh, I don't reckon that's a bad move. Yeah, I agree. I don't think bringing in a backup keeper, so McDermott was being thrown around, it really gives much advantage because it's just a, a backup. If Wade goes and gets injured, then just bring McDermott in as the next keeper, right? Mm. So, but having Cam Green there, you may uh, you may be able to use him during the tournament. Absolutely. One double three out of two. We need to take a break already at sixteen after six. If you would like to have some comment around Zach Langdon and the West Coast Eagles cutting him with a year on his contract, about contracts and the paper that they are written on, what do you think about Will putting forward that uh, maybe they should stay, whether that's the player or the club, the term of that contract in the Sheffield Shield today? Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage Drive Car of the Year. Welcome back, and one double three eight eighty two is our number three for forty three Namibia. They need one forty nine for victory, and that is after seven overs earlier tonight. As we update sport, uh, thanks to Ko. Don't miss all your team's matches of the T Twenty World Cup with Ko Sports, uh, and we've had some massive, massive partnerships today. Peter Hanscom two hundred eighty one not out. Pardon. Sam Harper one hundred and thirty two not out. They. <laughs> they put an undefeated, undefeated partnership together yes. against WA of 338. They're 338 not out. <laughs> but Victoria ended at Where four. Where are they batting out here in the car park? They ended at four for 616, and wow. those two, undefeated partnership of 338. And in the other game, but play between, and that match has played out to a draw for those that didn't know, uh, WA uh, in their second dig, five for 185 after making 466 in the first. In the other game, New South Wales 246 in the first innings. Queensland in reply, six declared for 477. Now, how's this? Renshaw, 200 not out. Nisa, 136. They made a 257 sixth wicket partnership between them as who, well. Who, other than the, other than the two batsmen that are at the crease. Yeah. Who is having fun? At, at, <laughs> not seriously. the bowlers. The bowlers aren't having fun. The fielders are having a horrible time. Yeah. The boys back in the decks just, they want a, a bit of a go out there because they're yeah. batting well. Yeah. The supporters, you said that Peter's out to a draw. Yeah. I mean, come on. Is, is, this well, is keep playing, this you reckon? Is, are, you, are you one of these people who just keep playing till it's over? Get a result. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you do keep it. Keep playing. Right. Well, 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 that's the only way you can get a result, isn't it? Might take two weeks. I just, it's it's a four in the game that you just peter out to a draw. Yeah. Well, it's four days. Like soccer, I Four days. Should they extend Sheffield Shield cricket to five? They, that's always been a debate. One double three out of D2 if you'd like to join in at any time. Muzz has done that. G'day, Muzz. Yeah, g'day, boys. Just quick before I get to the main point, they should make Shield five days, mate. I mean, these batting strips, what a joke, mate. Muzz are playing the airstrip, mate. What a joke, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a good laugh, Scoey. You should play cricket Sunday, Scoey. Have a social game, mate. It's good fun. Okay. Um, getting on the first, the main point, the Eagles made my day today, made my day, my week, my month, my year. They've offloaded a useless player, and I think I'll speak for myself and Donnie. That thing is gone. Thank God for that. Oh, time. that, no, it's, no, that's unkind. I mean, he's not useless. Mate, I, He's no, not, not no, he's not, he's not useless. That's not fair, right? Now, okay, there's okay, terminology yeah. to use, and that's not the terminology that we like. 
Okay, Carl. I, I say he wasn't a very good footballer. Not just as a person. Well, He's probably well, a good person, well, but as a footballer, he wasn't that good. He didn't make the grade. Right. And now, now, yeah. So, so he hasn't measured up to a a the 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 required level to continue his career in the AFL. Now, there's been, you know, yourself and Donnie and others that have harped on about that for a little while, ever since probably Zach actually came to West Coast. So he's always been put under the microscope, but he's not useless. And, you know, hopefully he will make a contribution and go and enjoy his footy at whatever level he plays at next, because he, he's still young enough to keep playing. Well, I think Zach Langdon's fall, fallen pretty rapidly into the category that West Coast fans uh, throw a few players in, and that's whipping boy. Now... There's been players in every era, whether it be premiership eras or, you know, eras where the club hasn't gone so well, where there's players that are whipping boys. You know who they all are They're over the time. Uh, Rowan Jones was one at stages. Tom Swift was one during my time. Chris Marston spent a bit of time there. I don't like it. You put it in Zach's uh, point of view. Oh, I think Zach's been played in a position where you're not going to get many uh, public pundits. You're not going to get many pats on the backs from people in the public and... You know, that's that high half-forward, work-rate role. Yeah, okay, look at the stat sheet. Not going to come out. If he doesn't pass your eye test, fair enough, Carl. But I think he probably could have offered some value at some level to the West Coast Eagles next year. Look, I put him in the same boat as Croden at Peel. Now, you've spent some time with him, yep. uh, obviously, in your role once you left West Coast, and, and you would have seen him up close and personal. Now, he, when he got into the AFL, he had a crack, but Freo have delisted him. So there's another example. He didn't have a contract, of course. He was out of contract. But I put those sort of two guys in Don't the same boat. the pay. contracts out of the way, Carl. No, that's I'm, what I'm, I'm, going, that's what I just I'm have, heavy about. I have. I'm going just back to two other people. We've moved on about that bit because okay. let, the, let the people play that game if they want I haven't. No, I can see that. What about, do, do you get the point I'm making about Croden and, and Lang? Because they've played similar sort of roles, haven't they? That, that yeah. high half forward, kicking goals, haven't got the volume that they're expect. So bang, and Croden goes, goes back to the waffle and dominates. Mm. So he's clearly a good player. Mm. I haven't seen Langdon go back to the waffle and dominate. He hasn't spent a lot of time in the waffle over his two years at the club, has he? No, no, and he's been injured a bit. Uh, thanks, Mars. Sean, g'day. Fellas, um, uh, yeah, I was going to say just for the shared cricket, I would have thought the easiest one. Um, instead of a four-day game, just make it a five-day game, replicate the test. Um, yeah, it's going to cost a bit extra for rent. Look, no one turns up anyway, so who cares? Um, but, yeah, yes. at least that gets them ready for shield cricket. Oh, sorry, for test cricket, I would say. But that's the easiest way to, to fix it, I would have thought. Yeah, I think Sean's right. Look, I've, I've publicly let it known I'm not the world's biggest cricket fan. Uh, no one goes to these games at all. There's no one at the games. So what does it matter if there's an extra... Why don't they just go for an extra... Why do they go for four days in the first place? What's the reason, Carl? It's just historical. What do you mean? It's always been played over four days. Why? Well, that's just Sheffield Shield cricket. Why? Because it's a stepping stone to playing test cricket. Well, just play five, and then it's still a stepping stone, but you get the actual real look at it. And you're playing in, in a similar... Um, circumstance as to what it would be if you if you reach the pinnacle, which is playing test cricket for your country. Oh, I think the, the truest words Sean spoke was, no one goes and no one cares anyway. Right. Oh, is there a big fan following of the Sheffield Shield, is there? No, no it's nothing like what it used to be when I was growing up as a kid when you had, you know, Lily and, and, and Marsh. So and why, why is that? Hughes is it and, all the other tournaments around? It's the infiltration of other sports and the immediacy of it. Right. And, and, and you can get the very best of, of every sport in the world in your hand, in the palm of your hand. Mm. You can basically be in the room, can't you? 
Yeah. You don't have to go to the whacker now to watch a game of cricket. No. You can be in your surround sound, in your studio, or in your in your entertainment room at home, and you can get just as good of experience there. And it probably costs you about a fifth of the price because you can just go and buy a bottle of bourbon and you can pour a couple of your own. Yeah. No. Fair enough. I, well, maybe maybe that means that oh, I don't think the live sporting experience is dead though. Because that's what you're saying. It's limited, though. I mean, yeah. if, even if you go to a place like, if you, if you go and watch English Premier League but, soccer. Yeah, but people go to the English Premier League soccer and people go to the AFL and people yeah, go but, to the but NRL. Only, but there's only, if you go to, if you go to the stadiums in the UK, there's only, they only hold somewhere between 30 to 50, right? Yeah. Now, if you think about the number of people that want to get into those states, so they pack out their stands. They don't have a facility like the MCG that holds 100,000 people. Right. Right? But so no, there's no smaller one goes stadiums. No one goes, you know. No, not at that level because it's not the top level. That's what I'm saying. So when you can get top level sport and you've got people that are generally, I think a lot more, um, how would I say? When I was growing up, it was footy and cricket. It yeah. might, and the people in their fifties are listening right now and those that are older, it was footy and cricket. Now you've got everything. You've got NBA and you've got NFL and you've got, you know, you could press red and watch your favorite soccer match. None of that existed when we were kids. So now that immediacy for all of youngsters out there's so much more choice for kids than there is now and i reckon the slow pace of cricket is probably unless you're really sort of born into it it's hard to follow especially when they peter out to a draw Carl, yeah, to yeah, use you're back your words. To that. uh g'day shane in mandra how are you yeah i'm good guys the, the test cricket the test cricket's played over five days and that's for a reason it's the pinnacle of international cricket sheffield shield is the next level which is four days I think you'll find county cricket in the uh, in the UK is played over four days. The competition is to get people to a level where they can step up to play for their country and play the pinnacle, which is Test cricket, five days. That's why Sheffield Shields four days, guys. Okay, but that doesn't make any. I was it's more it, asking why, as in. It's interesting uh, though, yet. Shane. I mean, I mean, we talk about the top level, but it's not like in the lower levels of say the, the WAFL and the VFL. They're still played over the same amount of quarters as an AFL game, minutes, right? No, no. So, th so the point is well made. I mean, I, I tend to, I tend to agree. If if you're going to uh, help grow and and develop test players, then they should be playing under test playing conditions, and that means at the second level, which is state level, which is our next best level, then maybe they should be playing over five days. But back on the point that live sport isn't dead, maybe cricket and and the Sheffield Shield needs to look at ways of getting people to the ground. What about what about a cash prize for mm. a catch in the crowd? I don't know. What was the Mercantile Mutual Cup? They used to have the signs out in the crowd, and players used to be teeing off, get ten thousand dollars a year. Well, they do that the short form stuff, right? Yeah, but what about for the crowd? Yeah. What about what about Sheffield Shield? Hmm. There's there's one six a game. You win ten grand. See, as I said, I mean, I, I think that like with with, go. with the with the um, Sheffield Shield games, you can stream them now. Either like, a go. Like if you go to cricket.com.au, you can stream all the games. You can click know, on and watch I'm any game you like. Live, I'm I'm saying live sport isn't dead. It's good fun watching live sport. If you like test cricket, mm. you'd go to the Sheffield Shield, but no one goes. Uh, one double three out of two. If you've been to a Sheffield Shield match lately, Lisa in Allenbrook. Hello, Lise. <laughs> Hi guys, how are you going? Good, thanks. Um, the, firstly, congratulations to Nick and, and his lovely partner for the for the um, safe arrival of that beautiful little adorable little boy that they've just had. And, yeah, future uh, one eagle, day he eh? Might be a ruckman. Yeah. Oh, he's just he's just gorgeous that little one. Yep. Um, and guys, um, I think Langdon's really been harshly treated. You know, he, he's played some bloody good games. 
you know, since he's been at the Eagles. You know, he's there's other players that are worse than what he is. And you know what? There's there's um, people out there that doesn't matter what Langdon does, whether he plays a good game or a bad game. It's it's always the same. You know, get rid of him. He's no good. He's this, that, and the other. But you know, it'd be nice if he did. You know, when he did play a, a good game, or when he did play a good game, he's not going to be there next year, unfortunately. But you know, give give him you know, credit where credit's due. Don't keep knocking the bloke. You know, and I and I hope he gets a, you know gets somewhere else. Some, you know, someone else gives him a go because because he still has got a lot to lot to offer. I think. All right, good on your lace. Thanks for your call. Uh, we're here thanks to Bluebet. Bluebet's uh, Bet Slip integration is now available on the new and improved uh, Game Racer app. Gamble responsibly. One eight hundred eight five eight eight five eight one double three eight eighty two is our open line number. As we update to sport, brought to you by New Seed Namibia. Five for fifty two in trouble in the tenth over. They need uh, one fifty nine. I think it is. Uh, it's just ticked over on the telly there up on the Ko Sports screen. But we will be back soon for more of your calls. Plenty coming in. Dylan Dom, you're next. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year. Uh, 25 minutes to 7, one double three eight eighty two is the number. Sports update proudly brought to you by Newseed, delivering top-performing canola genetics and superior customer service. Um, Tess Flintoff is on 39 for the Melbourne Stars as uh, she has hit as many sixes at the Wackers. Andrew Flintoff. So there you go. That's uh, pretty good. How many? That's one. Uh, Dom's in success. Hello, Dom. Oh, g'day, boys. How you doing? Yeah, we're good. Good. I, I, I just wanted to say, talking about um, petering out the drawers and the Sheffield Shield and things like that, I think, to me, these days, I think the biggest thing is that the, the curators need to be held accountable. If they're going to produce roads where you've got no chance of getting a result, whether it's five days or 20 days as a, as a game... They need to be they need to be instructed by Cricket Australia really to produce pitches to get a result because that's what people want to see and, and that's why we play the game and it's, uh, the way it's going in professional sport you need a result otherwise Test cricket's going to start to wane I think but uh, I think the curators need really need to be held to account they're, they're the ones that are producing these pitches that are producing six hundred for four and whatnot. <laughs> Yeah, well, this, yeah, is, this is stuff that's going to wear bowlers good. out. I mean, you got, make a good point, Don, because like Nathan good Lyons point. bowled 49 overs. Sean Abbott's bowled 30 overs. Chris Tremaine, I mean, these, they, they're quick. They bowled 26 Lyons. overs. What, yeah, 49 40, overs. What was his figures? One for 134. Oof. It's a big day at the office, isn't it? <laughs> Ice the shoulder up. Well, uh, they're on target for a 1,000 at that rate. <laughs> but the thing is, is that we look, we've had a couple of calls off air, so they play more overs in four-day cricket in the Sheffield Shield. Than, than the 90. Th- than they do with the 90. So there's 105 in a day instead right. of 90. So, so this is where one of the callers. So 15 so extra 60 overs. So 15 extra overs. Yeah, so it's almost as long as what five day test cricket would be. Almost. Right. So not quite as long, but almost. Okay. With your 15 extra overs. But then what they're doing now is because they're playing Monday to Thursday. So normally in the past, historically, it had been a Thursday to a Sunday. Now they're playing Monday to Thursday. That's so that they can play club cricket. Right. On the weekend. So guys are going back and playing for Fremantle and Bayswater and, and, uh, and Nedlands and things like that. So they're playing back in their community cricket. That's the answer that I wanted. That's right. a, that's a, that's a why. Okay. Not tradition or history that you were banging on about. No. It's, it's, that's, 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 I'll take that. I'll, I'm happy to live with that. Yeah. That, that explains the four days. But you're not a big cricket man anyway, are you? I'm not. You find it a bit boring. I'm not, but okay. Even the, the cricket, 
no one goes to the game. So you like the Big Bash? Do you like the Big Bash then? Three hours packaged up, whacking them around like this, what we're seeing tonight. It's got a bit of drama about it. Namibia 5 for 57 as we speak. And the Netherlands starting to get a little bit excited because all of a sudden they thought they were maybe out of the World Cup after losing earlier. And it looks like that the UAE might actually win the game. It's certainly more exciting. Yes, Carl, there's a bit more happening. But if you like cricket, you like cricket. Mm. But that doesn't mean that the people aren't going. So there's still cricket fans that aren't going to these games, yeah, right? It's, that's right. You can't argue with that. Oh, as, as I said, because it is so easy to consume, and this is the other part, Scoey, is that the game, and, and, and you just look at the last broadcast rights deal that has been achieved by Gillan McLaughlin as he goes out the gate. Was it four, it's, it's a seven year deal. It's, billion it's a seven year deal. It's, it's the, it's the biggest deal in, and as you'd expect, I mean, we've got a growing community. We've got more eyes on the televisions, but if you think about it, it's, it's about, what you are consuming, it's like radio, right, tonight. We've got people that would have normally just been able to listen on their wireless, the AM little radio, oh, the and in their car. But now there's digital, and now there's apps, and there's streaming. So you can be on a computer, you can be on your mobile device, whether it be an iPad, an iPhone, or you can be, be on your Europe, laptop. You can be in Europe listening. Be anywhere in the world, and you could tune in to whatever you want to listen to. And if 6PR is your favourite station, well, that's all you have to do, right? Yeah. So, and, and as you know, you know, working in Backchat with your podcast that you are doing great work in, it's, it's something where people will go and consume what they enjoy, right? Yeah. So if they like their cricket, well, that's how they do it. And if they can't get to the game and they're living in another part of the world and they still want to consume it, well, they can. There, there, there should always be a spot for live sport. Like, you, you're as big of a sports fan as I am. Yes, I don't yeah. love cricket, but I love other sports. And like, and live sports, you can't beat that feeling. It's mm. different to streaming it. It's different to listening to it. It's different to watching it on a TV. Being at live sport is, it should never die. Because if it does die, then... You might as well just put them in a TV studio and have them playing games in a, you know, a closed stadium with no availability for anyone to go. I, I think it's more of the games issue than, than a live sport issue with Sheffield Shield because people go to live sport. People don't go to the Sheffield Shield. No, exactly right. Uh, our girls are in action down there at the Wacker Ground tonight. Cleary Mills, special or two wickets for the Scorchers. Divine and Cap, one wicket each. Alana King, unbelievably, no wickets. Doesn't happen that often, but I'll tell you what, at the Wacker Ground, it's not uh, always been that conducive to spin. Uh, normally, the pace bowlers get the damage done, and uh, the Stars, uh, they're in a fair bit of trouble, I reckon. Nine for 110 is all they were able to to achieve off their 20 overs and with the batting lineup that the Scorchers have, then I think that uh, they find themselves in a very, very strong position indeed. Uh, at the WA Golf Open, speaking of being in a strong position, as uh, we update some sport, thanks to Bluebet, uh, the Bet Slip integration is now available on the new and improved Same Racer app. Gamble responsibly, 1-800-858-858. Uh, it is uh, Dayan Lawson who has scored an eight under the card uh, in the first round of the West Australian Golf Club today. Digger is his nickname. Digger. Dayan Digger. Yeah. Lawson. Smacking him around. Yeah, a really good performance today. So he's a couple of strokes course, clear there. A course record. Yeah. Unbelievable, right? Yes. And, and it's, it's a pretty tough golf course to play as well. Um, and it'd be, I think, even tougher in the next couple of days. That's only round one of four at the WA Golf Open. Uh, we have uh, got plenty of great guests coming away and none more than in a moment we're going to be heading up there to Queensland to have a chat to our Diamonds coach. Constellation Cup last night. Our Aussie girls were able to get the job done and they were able to, uh, fortunately wipe away a lot of the advantage that the Kiwis had after the two great wins they had back there in New Zealand. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. After the first two games that they lost, they were down by, I think, 12 goals cumulatively against the uh, Silver Ferns. And in just one game, they reached that back and end up three goals in front. They win by 15 last night. And um, I like that format, like a four-game series with a goal differential uh, as the aim. That's that's cool. It, it used to be like how the um, the International Rules Series used to be played with the, you know, Australia v. Ireland. Like, yeah. It was games and winning and losing, but your overall score counted as well. I like that. Yeah, system. well, so so in the Sheffield Shield, there is a uh, a way in which you earn points. Like it's not just first innings points anymore. It's it's runs and wickets and in overs and and those sorts of milestones are also as part of of the Sheffield Shield and the way that the points table is actually made up. So even though games peter out to a draw, the points that you can earn within the game are different. So even though it comes out to that as as in that there's no result, there is still points that have to be earned by taking wickets and making runs within we, the game. You have to keep people interested. And so if it's just like a nil or draw, it's like soccer. You know, you need you need something to keep people interested. Don't now, you? speaking of being interested then, uh, before we go to the break uh, and have a chat to Stacey Rosman, who's going to... Oh, Stacey Rosman, there you go. There's going back in the past. Stacey Marinkovic. Uh, that was her maiden name, by the way. Uh, Rossi Lyon, are they keeping us interested at the Saints or is this a done deal? Because I thought it might be announced today. I saw him walk out the doors of some sort of location in Melbourne and got a camera in his face and a microphone under his mouth and... And he basically said he's got the job. Seriously, he said, you know, we're in discussions. It's very close. Hopefully we'll be able to announce something. The way he was speaking like was like a head coach, how head coaches speak. That'll be announced within 24 he's hours. He's like they interviewed. You didn't come in yesterday, right, because you were crook, right? But yes. he's the only bloke they interviewed. He, he, had, he had a meeting Monday, meeting is Tuesday. That, he had a two-hour meeting yesterday, and that's Is that surprising with St Kilda? Is that surprising? Mate, so I mean, they're, it's they're unbelievable. Butchering. Anyway, they must have known that who they wanted in the first boss, place. The boss is back. Uh, we need to clear a commitment, and we'll come back and have a chat to Stacey next. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage Drive Car of the Year. Our number is one double three eight eighty two. You can join us at any time as we get into thanks to Repco Authorised Service or Expert Car Service. Book into your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. Our chat with our first guest tonight in Stacey Marinkovic, who joined us. Our Diamonds coach. Welcome, Stace. How are you going? Yeah, going very well. <laughs> uh, just tell us about your road trip because uh, things didn't pan out. I'm sure the way that you wanted over there. No, obviously you're always looking for wins, uh, but I think we showed incredible growth from one game to the next, and um, it's taken us a bit of time, to be honest, to adjust to playing against this, uh, the New Zealand offline and zone defence, and um, once we've got our head around it, I thought we started to see our actual brand of netball out on court. You had the opportunity to experiment with your list a little bit, and uh, you introduced a few new girls into the fray, uh, quite a few debutantes, in fact. Yeah, we've had four that have earned their diamonds number, which is very exciting for the group and, and good reward for, um, you know, the way that they've been training. And we came into this series understanding we needed to get players out on court. They can't actually grasp what international netball is like with the different styles we play against until they actually get to step out against it. So it's been, um, you know, a huge learning curve for quite a few players to understand um, the different ways you can play the game. Given that that was your first hit out since winning gold over there in Birmingham, uh, were the were the girls a little bit rusty? Uh, you know what what was your what was your mindset going into the first of the matches in the Constellation Cup over there in New Zealand? 
Yeah, certainly consistency eluded us. Um, and I think once you come out of an SSN season, you're really seasoned to play the game. Um, obviously, New Zealand have been in the Jamaican series um, and really haven't stopped since the Commonwealth Games, whereas we really recognised that our group needed a, a break. So they had a, a four-week leave period so that we could get some rest time, some clear headspace um, in the build to a World Cup. And, and I guess we're just at different phases in our our preparation, but it doesn't take long for the girls to, to snap back in. Um, but yeah, we just needed some time together Four training sessions before our first game is, is a bit to get cracking. Um, but you know, now we're, we're sort of finding, finding our rhythm. So after losing the first two games and a 13 goal cumulative series lead to the silver ferns, the girls fought back pretty strongly with a 15 goal win on uh, Wednesday night on, uh, in Melbourne. So, so good result for the team. Yeah, and because we only play four games in this series, um, you know, it, it makes it live. Um, whoever wins the game gets the Constellation Cup. And I guess that was, um, you know, always understanding that it was still there for us to grab. And I think for the way we came out, I guess, with our intensity, our collective presence on court um, and being able to put our foot down when it counted, I think that shows that, there's some real focus in the group. They they certainly are learning, and um, yeah, they're very competitive. What's the mindset like inside the group, given the noise that's happening off the court, um, to be able to put a performance like that together? Yeah, I think you know that's exactly what it is. It's noise outside, and I think there's been great discussions and collaboration across our journey um, with both Netball Australia and the playing group, and. And the sport's growing um, in its knowledge and, and ability to connect. And I think, you know, for us, we, we realise it's more than a performance on the court. So we've been able to recognise when the focus needs to be where. And I thought we did it very well to be able to understand that the best way to represent the Diamonds is in the way we perform in the game. And um, to play in front of a packed house in, in Melbourne, you can't get much better than that. What did you make? And look, there's a sellout crowd that you're playing in front of in game four, but Sophie Garbin up front, first ever start, uh, 34 from 38, not bad. Yeah, not a, not a bad effort. Uh, she showed incredible strength out there, and I think it was great to see her playing with great confidence. We haven't seen her play a full game um, in SSN or um, obviously for Australia. Um, so to be able to see her put out that kind of performance and, and she was being, um, you know, given a lot of attention throughout the game. So, um, it showed great maturity. Uh, I think she's been able to show some skill sets that have grown by her playing goal attack in SSN. So, um, she had a, a few more strings to a bow and, you know, she was able to really challenge the New Zealand defenders. Stacey, Carl's always been about offense and attacking, but I'm more of a <laughs> defender at heart. Um, talk to me about when you the know defenders. Good you go down that end. Well, you know what? Sometimes defense wins premierships, and that's all the time. So, Stacey, talk to me about the defenders, the important players on the team. Oh, I think, you know, it's the collective unit, but I think, <laughs> um, you know, Joe Weston coming into the group played a really tight marking role. Um, I think Jamie Lee played in wing defense, which he hasn't really started there for for the Diamonds in quite some time and, and obviously Bruce at the back, you know, certainly um, showed her, her tenacity in the air but also a hard ball get. So it was it was great to see the unit really backing each other and, and they certainly went went in hard for the contest. 
You've got to put a score on the board, though, Scoey. That's how you actually yeah, win yeah. a game. I, I agree. I'm, I'm down the attack end, but let's hey! the That's all we've got time for today. <laughs> so sorry. See you later. <laughs> uh, so between now and uh, the next game, it was just around the corner. I mean, they've been back to back to back and so quickly over there, back here, into it, another packed house, must be looking forward to it. But obviously you win and you win by a few more, then you basically you, you retain uh, the, the championship, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. So a win gives us the Constellation Cup, which currently sits with New Zealand. So it'd be nice to finish out, um, you know, the year in, in that sort of form. And um, we're on the Gold Coast at the moment. So the rest of our squad started to come back in um, as we start to transition between the Constellation Cup and the England series. So it's good to have the whole group um, in training tomorrow. And what happens on the back of the Constellation Cup? Uh, what's the, the road ahead look like? Yeah, so some players will, will go home and, and have a bit of a break as they prep for their SSN season. And then we've got a couple of new players that come into the group um, with Danelle Waller and Maddie Turner and Paige Hadley. Um, and they'll go for the, the three games against England. So we've, we've still got a bit of netball to play and uh, moving around in different places. So we're, we're sort of hopping around the, the East Coast at the moment. And, um, yeah, we've, we've got some more challenges and a different style of netball to play against. Stace, thanks very much for your time tonight. Take care. Excellent, thanks. Good on you. Stacey Marinkovic, our Diamonds coach, joining us here on Sports Day. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. So great to wipe that goal deficit pretty much in one game. So nearly a level playing field. Get the job done and they win. Well, it is, Carl. But it's disappointing to hear the coaches of our national teams don't respect and honour the, the the defenders in our teams. Just shocking, so- shocking news, Carl. No, I don't think that's shocking news. I think that uh, <laughs> what she was saying is is that uh, she is uh, a lady that uh, wants to see the score on the board. But Joe Weston, Courtney Bruce, so important Played to well. quelling the influence of uh, the shooters uh, that are going to be in that attacking zone for New Zealand, who were, let's face it, too good for us uh, in their homeland. A little bit uh, down on that output with only 47 goals that they scored uh, last night. As we take a break and we will come back after that break and tell you what's coming up after the 7 o'clock news that's fast approaching here on 882 6PR. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage Drive Car of the Year. Now, straight out of the news, we're going to head to the East Coast and have a chat to Kevin Sheehan. Here's the Australian Football League National Talent Manager. Scott Roth will join us, Tasmania Jack Jumpers coach, ahead of the Wildcats clash on the weekend. Steve Nelkowski, their season is getting closer at the Perth Heat. He is their CEO, and we'll do what we normally do, try and raise some money in our chase for charity in the race against motor neurone disease and touch base with David Short from Tab Touch. Thanks to Australia's Most Wanted, the Kira EV6 and Kia Sportage, Cars of the Year. It's time now for the 882. 6 p.m. 7 o'clock news. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage Drive Car of the Year. Welcome back to Sports Day. Fantastic to have this man on the radio. His name is Kevin Sheehan, Australian Football League National Talent, International Talent Manager, and he's called Shifter Sheehan. Welcome, Shifter. How are you going, mate? Yeah, Carl, uh, thanks uh, for having us on. Uh, looking forward to a chat about the draft, no doubt. Now, my co-host was telling me a little story uh, before we got you on the radio tonight that yeah. you may have taken him under your wing when he was a younger man. Is this true? Well, there was a little bit of work experience there at the uh, at AFL house in the day, and it's a bit tougher to get in these days, but uh, Will was able to find his way in there and just... Uh, glean some insights as to how the pathway worked and uh, was so glad to see him uh, have a great career. But, yeah, just as a young, uh, 
I suppose he's 15, 16, around that, that age, uh, and a, a stringy young bean. He looked a real um, athletic type that we thought, oh, OK, that kid might make a career out of it all uh, when he was just a, a young boy well before uh, his days with the West Coast Eagles. So uh, great to see him do so well. So, Shifter, that's correct. I had some good contacts back in the day. Dave Matthews used to work at the AFLs and uh-huh. well-connected. Well and Shifter had me clipping... Jared Roughhead and that draft year's goal kicking techniques. Oh. I was I was in a room clipping that all up. I do remember it. We went out to Princess Park one day and watched, I believe, the National Carnival, which was the new up and up and coming juniors, and it's still what you're doing today, isn't it, Kev? Yeah, look, we've got a pretty established pathway now with a couple of tiers in it, sixteens and eighteens, and we've got you still got a national academy that's been going for close to thirty years and uh, and Jared Ruffhead was a member of that, as was Buddy Franklin. Those boys come through together, as we famously know. And, and that's the draft story where um, it was Gary Buckenara in the seat, and he thought that he'd end up taking the bookends, which is the centre-half back in Ruffhead and the centre-half forward in young Buddy. But as, as it turns out, two champion forwards. And it's, it's always the way. We just don't know where they're going to end up playing when they get into the AFL level as uh, as the uh, coaches get their hands on them and really uh, even the uh, high-performance people look at their physical attributes even a bit more closely and see what they're capable of. So that's the beauty of it, uh, that little bit of unknown with uh, the young boys coming through, but always exciting space to work. It has been for a long time for me. Now, of course, you played uh, 100 games for Geelong and that's a place where Scoey grew up as a kid, so you two have got a little connection <laughs> there. How long have you actually now, Kev, been involved in this role that you're currently doing now? It seems like a long time. It would be 40 years in at the league, but, uh, guys, well, I was lucky enough when I was down at Geelong to work full-time for eight of the 10 years I was there. So I was full-time from 76. I think it was, uh, about the first year. I think Jimmy Buckley was playing in the under-17s in Victoria. Dylan's old man. Now wow. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's a fair way. I remember going to that game uh, or to the games, the championships. I, I was really running all the schools programs in those days and working alongside a fellow called Bill McMaster that, uh, that of course, chose Gary Ablett Sr. And I can very much remember the day where it was about 1983 that he'd come into the office on a Monday had the weekend go, and he said, I've seen the best player I've ever seen outside of the then VFL. And he talked about who it was, and Gary, uh, senior up at Myrtleford, and kick and post high goals with a wet ball, blah, 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 and jump on about ooh, uh, nearly 10 months later, he was playing against WA for Victoria. There's a lot that happened in between, but he uh, about 15th senior game, and he played about seven at Hawthorne, about eighth game for Geelong. He's in the state side. Teddy Whitten took him to Perth. And that's when he kicked those eight against WA and announced himself to the football world as a superstar uh, way back there in 19, that'd be 1984. Kevin, uh, let's switch our focus to this year's draft crop. Um, one team in particular over here are going to have a fair look at the draft this year in West Coast with a couple of picks uh, at least inside the top 20, you know, trading their way back to picks eight and 12. Is there is there some serious Western Australian talent in the in the upcoming Draft, some uh, some guys we should keep an eye on. Anyone in particular? Yeah, as it as it turns out, there is There's some fantastic uh, WA talent. It's got some depth too. Uh, I always weigh it up against SA because you're com- comparable markets in terms of the number of kids that play and the size, etc. But you're way ahead of uh, of the SA uh, elite talent at this point. So there'll be players to consider, and of course they may well consider 
the next Chris Judd, the kid that's from Victoria or from wherever else, uh, uh, I wouldn't dismiss that. But, uh, yeah, some of the names that have on their lists and they'll be evaluating. Um, there's no doubt that a kid called Ruben Ginby uh, or Jinby, he's uh, had a fantastic year, this boy from East Perth. Um, he bobbed up. He played a few senior games earlier in the year, but then in Nationals, they pushed him into the midfield, this left footer. He's about your height, Carl. He's, he's about a 189, nearly 190 lefty that uh, wins contested footy, um, uses it very, very well. He's got great vision and very composed with it. And then tested the house down over here a couple of weeks ago for that beautiful burst of speed and a, a terrific tank as well. So he looks well suited to, to being a midfielder. Now, whether he gets through that far to where the West Coast are, we'll have to wait and see. But he's one that... Uh, that they'll be talking about um, Jed Buzzlinger. Now, there's a name for you. You've probably heard of him over there in WA. He's been on the radar for a couple of years, this young fella. He's your intercept marker, 196, cross halfback, bit of McGovern about him or a bit of Jacob Wietering, something like that. He's got some of those traits. Uh, and uh, both these boys are all Australians mid-year, so they've got the form on the board to be first-round draft choices at least. So they'll be considered... Um, Elijah Hewitt's another one that a uh, boy from Swan Districts that uh, again for the last two or three years has been so highly regarded he, um, he's a little bit up and down his nationals he had some brilliant games and some quieter ones so if he can just get that level of consistency he looks to be a certain uh, AFL star into the future but then, then there's the bolter, the absolute bolter in uh, Ben Allen's boy, um, Ed Allen who uh, Missed, missed nearly all the nationals. He got back for the last game and played quite well on that. Then he tested the house down over here. And yet he's the quickest kid in Australia of, of 18 years of age. So that's, and he's 194 midfielder, can play inside Ooh. and outside. Oh, boy. So he rockets into, wow, he's draftable. Now, where he fits in a draft board, uh, it's anyone's guess. And clubs will be going over those five or six Colts games he played. And that one game for WA, very closely to try and work out where his level of talent is and his scope for improvement looks massive. He, I think every club interviewed him over here uh, as they try and work out where he fits in at all. So there are a few of them, but there's plenty of others. A kid called Darcy Jones from Swans as well, was uh, he broke Stephen Hill's record for the agility that's been. Stephen Hill's had that for 14 years. Very elite around the, uh, we call it the AFL slalom run or the AFL uh, agility run. Um, so he smashed that record and, and that's the way he plays. He bursts from stoppage and weaves in and out and he's only small, you know, he's not tiny but he's he's only small but that won't stop him at all. Um, he had a, a national championship that won him All-Australian as well. So there are a few of the names but uh, it's even a lot deeper than that. Uh, if you've just joined us here on Sports Day, we're chatting to Kevin Sheehan, Australian Football League National Talent and International Talent Manager. Just going back to Ed Allen, now, the way that I look at it is that uh, he wouldn't uh, have uh, been, his old man, qualified for father-son, right? Because he only played 98 games for Hawthorne and 48 for Freo. Is that the way that it works? Yeah, and I, I think uh, Hawthorne are trying to get a, him as medical sub for a couple of games late last year. If they could just slip his name on the and change it round a bit to get him over the line to 100. <laughs> 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 We've got the 100 up, wouldn't they? The poor old Hawks. Yeah. Remember Sheeds back in the day with uh, with Dean Rioli and with Alwyn Davey? Mm. He said it was blooming that important that we get him to that because they're qualifying periods 100 games. We've got to get him over the 100. 
and and both those boys played spot on a hundred at Essendon uh, because of you know Sheedy sort of talking that, and I think with Alvin, maybe Sheedy was gone by then, but the club followed it through to make sure that he he got a, and he's got a boy coming through Alvin Davy that's in this year's draft as well, and he's eligible for Essendon because of the that hundred game rule. He played wow. right on a hundred, smack on. So you're right on that, Carl. So uh, misses out, so he's in the open draft. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is Adam Frio as well. So, yeah, he's exciting type, no doubt. I was lucky enough to just chat to him and some of the other WA boys there. He's a very bright, switched-on young fellow as well. So I'm sure he would have impressed in uh, in the way he interviewed with the clubs. But, yeah, kid of that size. And there's one piece of play there in that national game against SA where he sprints from the wing and he leaves the players in the wake behind him and kicks it from outside 50 straight through. You think, gee, that's nearly enough. That's the moment you want to see to say this boy's got talent. And uh, yeah, but very hard to find a spot as to where he would fit in it. And it would vary enormously from club to club, but he, he looks a certain draftee. Now, Kev, last one for me. Is there an Ashcroft uh, and a Fletcher that the Brisbane Lions will be gunning for? There most certainly is. And look, their first round. So Ashcroft will be bid one, two, or three. You know, North probably one or two. You know, the Giants will bid or North will bid. He's too good to. It's a bit like Dacos of last year. He's just too good to let him sit there and and for them to get him without having to spend all of the points they've been accumulating to to get him under that rule. Um, so he's a star, averaged in the the mid thirties and everything he tackled, including about five VFL games he played this year for the Lions. He's allowed to do that and uh, dominated there. So he looks a, a real future star. And Jasper Fletcher, well, um, he's eligible for just the Lions, although Adrian's the best and fairest winner at 3-0. Uh, he played near 250 games at, well, Geelong, St Kilda, Brisbane and Frio, Adrian. And uh, his boy's going to be a very good player. I think he gets a bid somewhere in the teens on the first night. I think, you know, it could slip to second night. But he's a beautiful player with his wing or inside mid. Uh, he's the best Queenslander by a, while, by a fair while and a fair way and uh, looks look a player. So that's pretty exciting if there's any Lions fans out there. Hey, Shifter, just just finally from me, um, with, with Isaac Rankin heading home, Jason Horn francis leaving after one year, this, this um, go-home factor, where, where do you sit on that, mate? Uh, especially here in Western Australia, it's, it's something that clubs have to consider for sure, but where do you sit with the go-home factor? Should they be drafting kids from their home state or best available? Yeah, I, I'm a best available man. There, there will be obviously some that you're really concerned about, but for most, you know, Matthew Pavlik back in the day, there was the go-home factor was talked about then well what a disaster it would have been if they had to take any you know and back your system back your footy club to be for the boy to be good enough then smart enough to fall in love with that club end up even the captain of the club and live there all his life you know that should be the mindset otherwise you'll be compromising your own thinking on who the best player is um a wee bit different a bit later i think if you think oh well they're about even or give the local kid a go but gee early You've just got to be that definite on, you know, on your decision making that uh, you don't want to take someone that's uh, lesser in your view, lesser likely to be a star. Look at look back to Chris Judd as well. Well, you kept him for how many years or ten years of his career? You kept him for a fair bit. I think you'd be happy with his output. I know he eventually went home, but gee, what a wonderful player! And you'd hate to compromise all your thinking, but um, it's just it's part of the equation. Well, no doubt about that. You've got to think about it, and if the kids are the best. Uh, these boys might be around that mark for the West Coast, the, the very good kids I mentioned earlier. 
So um, it, it mightn't be as it seems if they do pick the local kids. I think they're, they're generally ranked in that first round. And so if they fall through to them, yeah, it wouldn't surprise. Well, I think Schofield's a classic example of what you can do. Carve out a career as a premiership player. You've got Hearn, you've got Shuey. Gaffey, of course, didn't play, but he's still playing for the West Coast Eagles. And we've just seen David Mundy retire after a sensational career. Exactly. So there's just a few examples, Kev, of blokes that have carved out a magnificent career and they've made WA their home. Black went to Brisbane too, didn't he? Yeah, (laughs) and Daniel Rich is still there. So And and look, now we've got Blake Akers and Rory Lobb, West Australian boys, heading back to the other side of the country, which is interesting. Franklin. Yeah. So it works both ways. Hey, Kev, we could talk to you all night. Um, Thank you very much for sharing some time, and I'm sure that uh, closer to the draft or maybe after we'll uh, have a chat as the dust settles, mate. Thanks for your time. Well, thanks for having us, uh, Will and uh, and Carl, and good luck to all the boys that are contenders. Good on you, Kevin Sheehan. There, did he teach you anything, uh, Will? Everything I know. Yeah, Yeah. everything I everything that happened to me, I owe to Kevin Sheehan. So you were clipping up Jared Ruffhead. (laughs) Yeah, is was, that right? Yeah, he was just sitting and watching the players play, and yeah, gave me great motivation to reach the heights that I reached, Carl. Yeah, terrific. And uh, here we are sitting here talking about it, which is uh, fantastic. <laughs> Thanks to Kia, Australia's most wanted, the Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage Cars of the Year. Fantastic to have our next guest. His name is Scotty Roth. He will join us next here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage Drive Car of the Year. Nice to have you company here on Sports Day and the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers coach is Scotty Roth and he joins us here on Sports Day. Scotty, welcome, mate. How are you? Good. How's everything going? Yeah, we're going really well. Uh, looking forward to the big game against the Perth Wildcats on Saturday. How have you seen your start to the season? Yeah, I mean, um, it's kind of expected that, uh, you know, we um, had some slow starts, but in general, I think our team is kind of right in the ship a little bit and getting a little bit better here and there. And uh, the league's extremely tough, and there's no easy games. And um, it is what it is at this point. We, we have some injuries that we're also dealing with, with three guys being out and trying to hopefully get them back soon. And so um, we've had a couple of good bounce back, bounce back games here the last couple of days, and we'll see if we can build on it. Scott, are you in town now? What's the what's the travel schedule for you guys coming into a West Australian game against the Wildcats? Uh, well, we're actually finally, um, we've had three weeks of this, this crazy travel, to be honest with you, and a lot of our obviously road games, and we've opened up in three different uh, buildings for opening nights on the road, and so we've basically had this one game against Perth, obviously, on Saturday, uh, but basically uh, the week before and this week after, we'll have some downtime, and then we have a heck of a travel day to get over to Perth from New Zealand, so we'll go uh, play the Breakers and then come in uh, directly from there. Uh, come across and and play Perth and hopefully get there a day or two ahead of time to recover for that game and and then uh, yeah we got one more game after that and then the break for FIBA so uh, we have a couple important games to finish this out. Do you know many guys still in the uh, Wildcats house? You obviously uh, assistant coach back here in Perth during your time coaching in the NBL. Have you got many contacts still that you might be able to just learn a sneaky thing or two before the matchup on the weekend? Well, I mean, I'm very close with a lot of those guys that are over there and their staff and some of the guys that are still around there. So uh, we share some texts here and there and back and forth and always wondering, you know, make sure they're doing well and, and uh, you know, like Mitch Morton, to make sure that he's healthy and back. And it's great that Wags is playing in this game coming up and, uh, you know, Bryce 
and and just the general staff over there has been really good, and I stay in contact with them quite a bit. Uh, you would have been probably a little bit upset that Jesse Wagstaff got off, right? Because you know how much of a quality person he is, and uh, he's a great skipper, and he is going to be out there to take you on. And um, Bryce Cotton's always a bloke that you're going to have to try and control. And uh, in a couple of the matches that uh, has uh, paid close attention to him, I'm sure that you've had a real good look at the tape. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's great to have Jess uh, playing. He should have been playing anyways, and I think it just got a little sideways with that whole process. And, uh, you know, they got a heck of a team this year, and they were super deep. And um, if Thomas comes back this week, which we're probably playing on him being available, uh, they're deep and loaded, and, and they got a lot of versatility, and they're playing uh, defense very well this year. And so uh, they're going to be a top contender throughout the season. And then if you have Cotton, you're always going to have a chance to win. And, and he's a fantastic player. And I've said it many times before, he's the, he's the best player in the world that isn't in the NBA. And that's probably where he should be. Um, and he's a handful. So we'll, we'll just have to deal with him. Scotty, you said you had a bit of a slow start, but you've certainly got things back on track with a couple of great wins recently. What have you been able to turn around? Well, I think, um, you know, we had two games that were winnable in the fourth quarters. We were tied in the middle of the fourth quarters with Southeast and in uh, New Zealand, both home opening nights for those teams, and New Zealand hadn't played in two years at home, and it was a big game and a big crowd, and we just probably weren't quite ready to win that type of game, and and Cairns, you know, beat us fair and square and, and really got after us, and, and then we've had three pretty good wins, and I think it just uh, guys getting comfortable, our chemistry is building, uh, our defense is getting solid again, and uh, we have a lot of a lot of growth uh, left in us, which is exciting, and again, when we start to get Clint Steinel back and Sam McDaniels and Magnet back on the roster, hopefully in the next three to four weeks or earlier, um, it'll just add to our strength of our, our roster. Scott, it seems like offensively you've got a pretty even contribution across the board. Would that be fair to say? Are you happy with how the group's been um, playing collectively? Yeah, I mean, uh, our whole philosophy down here is to defend the island, uh, be tough-minded and gritty and uh, and share the basketball. We, we don't really rely on one person to score. It. And, then, uh, you know, we play 11 guys and, we just try to play as hard as we possibly can and, and, and fight and scrap. And uh, some nights, um, some guys step up a little bit more than others offensively. But uh, we play all of our guys, and, and we expect them to have maximum effort. And, and if, the, if the ball's going in, great. But we rely on our defense to hopefully maintain us to give us a chance to win. Now, the whole world fell apart last year, mate, when the Wildcats didn't make the finals. You blokes got in unbelievably down there. What was the environment like to actually make that step so new into the competition? Well, obviously, it's just a, a tremendous story and a great credit to our organization and, and our players. I mean, it was, um, you know, obviously huge news in Tasmania, but it really went in all of Australia and actually internationally. I got calls from all over the world about what was going on down there with this team and that everyone wrote off and said was not talented and couldn't win and be in 10th place and you're lucky to win five games. And, and you know, next thing you know, we're in the grand finals. And um, the reality is, you know, everyone said it was a fairy tale, but I think the fairy tale was the last week or two of just how things played out. But more importantly, we had won 15 of our last 15 and five in that last part of the season. And there's no fairy tale on winning 15 of your games. And they weren't buzzer beaters. They were teams that we were beating and um, they deserved it. And they played hard and, and we turned the page and move on to this year. You got to take one more step to win that championship. Does that, does that come into planning at all? Do you just go about business as usual? Like how, how do you get that little bit better to, to go one step closer? Yeah, I never, I never talk about, um, any of those kind of things. We never talked about the ladder. We never talk about, um, any of these things uh, other than winning the day. And today, you know, we tried to win Thursday in our practice and we'll try tomorrow to win Friday. And then the game is just a byproduct. And, 
Uh, I don't put any expectations or pressure on our guys other than to be able to compete. And we'll end up where we're supposed to end up when it's all said and done. And, and uh, every player, I think, obviously wants to win a championship and get into the finals and all those things. It's what we want to do down here. But I think for me, the biggest thing is in a new, basically new market and a new uh, era down here is, is to build something sustainable and long lasting. And it's going to take some time and, and, um, we're building culture, and that's that's our number one priority. Now, Scott Roth is the man we're talking to, Tasmanian Jack Jumpers coach. Now, little birdie told me, mate, that you love your wings, and I just wondered how they compared down there in yep. Tassie, back to the United States, where they are absolutely magnificent. <laughs> well, this place that we're at tonight uh, with my staff, I would have to say they're on par or just as good as anywhere in the United States. Oh. A rare, it's a rare find um, to have those anywhere, really, in Australia. But um, there's a little spot where uh, we go to, and tonight is Thursday night wing night, a dollar a wing. Yes. And so uh, we bought a bunch of them. Good on you, mate. Well, thank you very much for sparing some time with us tonight. Take care and get back to it. Yep. No worries. Thank you very much. Good on you. Scotty Roth there, Tasmanian Jack Jumpers coach. I'm hungry. Get me to Tasmania. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> nice, wouldn't it? Uh, South East Melbourne Phoenix, far too good for the breakers tonight in the match that's been played in the NBL. Uh, and, of course, uh, there is going to be big games tomorrow. The Kings against the 36ers and looking forward to that clash. And then it is on Saturday when the Jack Jumpers will take on the Wildcats in a big game. So important to the future of where those teams look to finish. Get behind our Perth Wildcats this season. Head to ticketech.com.au right now. Steve Nelkowski to bring us right up to date with what's happening at the Perth Heat. There's been a fair bit of news bubbling around our baseball club. We'll find out from Steve next here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. Nice to have your company here on Sports Day. Me, Carl Langdon and Will Schofield with you through until 8 o'clock tonight. And it is nice to have the Perth Heat CEO. Plenty of news bubbling around in the world of baseball. And Steve Nelkowski joins us here on Sports Day. Steve, welcome, mate. How are you going? Uh, Boris, it's an exciting time of the year. You've got the uh, yeah, the playoffs happening in MLB at the moment. And, uh, yeah, we're on the eve of our new season. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a pretty exciting time in baseball circles. It is. And uh, there's a big game out there at Empire Ballpark here in Perth. Friday, October 28. All the action gets underway at 7 o'clock. Team Australia are hitting town. Yeah, this is a huge series now for us. So it's at Quabri, the ballpark, where we uh, celebrate, celebrate Indigenous cultures and arts. Um... But the, the the series has taken on significant importance now because uh, a week later, Team Australia head over to Japan to play the world champions in a two-game series in Sapporo. So um, yeah, the national team are bringing their best available team um, and we get three games against uh, Team Australia you know, two weeks before our season starts. So it's a, uh, an incredible opportunity for our, uh, our team to get a couple of uh, really, really good games um, prior to the season starting. Steve, you mentioned the MLB playoffs. Um, uh, you've, you've got some imports inbound. When, when are the when are the guys arriving from uh, overseas? Yeah, well, next week could be the busiest week of the season. We've got uh, the best part of eleven imports, I think it is, that, that are coming through. Um, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, highlighted by um, our, our players from the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, yeah, and, and the prospects they're sending out could be the uh, the most exciting group we've had um, since the partnership began. Um, and that's saying something because we've had four players who have already, already played Major League Baseball. But uh, Willie Vasquez and uh, Junior Caminero are rated in their top ten prospects across the organisation. Um, they're infielders who have got lightning pace and can hit the ball a mile. So um, I think they're going to uh, 
excite fans right around the uh, the country. And then our World Series champion Josh Reddick um, is set to land in Perth next Thursday as well. So um, we wait to see how he um, how he pulls up from the flight, and um, hopefully he'll play against Team Australia as well. You've also been able to acquire a few young pitchers amongst this group. Uh, Junior William, Juan Rodriguez and Neraldo Catalina. Uh, how are they shaping and what sort of pressure are they going to be putting on for spots in the team? Oh, no, they all play. They're, they're, they're from the Rays organisation, so they're, um, they're, they're, in the, uh, they're in the roster and ready to go. And they all throw the ball at about 100 miles an hour. So uh, they are lightning fast and uh, pretty scary to face. So it's about 150 clicks an hour that they're uh, sending down fastballs. Um, yeah, re- really exciting talent and, uh, yeah, delighted that we've got uh, three of those arms from the Raiders to complement uh, our Willie Vasquez and Junior Cabanero. So uh, it's a, uh, an incredibly talented group that uh, the Rays are sending us out this summer and uh, you know, really compliments the Aussie players that we've got the, uh, the rest of the imports coming over. When does the uh, season proper kick off, Steve? Yeah, two weeks after the uh, Team Australia series. So we are 28th and uh, 29th is when we play Team Australia and then uh, we play the Adelaide Giants in week one at Empire Ballpark in Perth, uh, November 11, 12 and 13. So it's, yeah, it's a huge you know, three weeks or, you know, or month out from the season. So uh, lots going on and uh, you know, the team training in preparation for it and you know, all, all excited by who's arriving next week. So uh, you know, getting a lot of uh, information back from Josh Reddick, who is our World Series champion, and I think uh, fans will be excited uh, when we announce that uh, we've got another big name coming uh, in the next seven days as well. It was amazing, and I just reflect back, Steve, and I, I can vividly remember discussing this with you on radio when COVID hit us and your uh, sport actually shut down. It didn't persist and push through and roll in fixtures mm. like a few of the others. They just shut the gate and said, no, we're not playing. Yeah, it was difficult when we had the uh, February 5 shutdown, so uh, we are ready to go. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was difficult for the players, you know, given that had so many setbacks over the previous um, yeah, 18 months as well. So uh, by the time we start on November 11, it's, uh, it's 22 months since we played an Australian Baseball League game. That was the Championship Series defeat to uh, yeah, Melbourne. So it's, um, yeah, it's in some ways it's hard to fathom it's been 22 months. Um, but yeah, credit to our players that uh, they're ready to go again and they've kept themselves in good shape um, yeah, without that, uh, that high-level baseball. Um, but yeah, it's certainly been a long time between drinks, especially when the last game of the Championship Series lost. In this past week, you've revealed your design for your Indigenous jersey, designed by Phil Wally Stack from the Indigenous Arts Foundation. Can you give us a little bit of the background of that as uh, we let you go tonight? Yeah, well, it's, it's, a, it's a partnership we've worked on now for, for the best part of two years, but we haven't had the chance to uh, develop this concept of Cooperative the Ballpark, which in a lot of times is is similar to Dreamtime of the G. Um, we see there's you know, a, a great opportunity to uh, have something similar with our national team coming each year to Perth. Um, so our foundation have designed the jerseys, uh, you know, which are stories about Perth and uh, and our surrounds. Um, you know, Phil Wallace is actually an incredibly talented um, artist and musician, and uh, he's, he's put the jerseys together and will do the pre-game ceremony uh, both next Friday night and Saturday night. So it's... Um, an exciting partnership that we you know, we want to grow and make into an annual event and uh, 
know, we're incredibly uh, grateful for Phil's contribution and the, uh, the partnership with Indigenous Stars Foundation. Thanks very much for your time tonight, mate. Take care. My pleasure. Good to chat. Thank you. Steve Nelkowski, uh, Perth Heat Team Australia, Empire Ballpark on Friday, 7 o'clock the action gets underway, and Saturday, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, then again at 7 o'clock, two games for the price of one. Tickets are on sale right now for just $13. They are selling fast, and if you go to perthheat.com.au, you can get all of the details right there. Thanks to Barbecues Galore, you can go to iCanWin.com.au. You can win a Ziggy by Ziggler and Brown Barbecue this summer. We'll clear a commitment, come back, and we'll be joined by David Short from Tab Touch next. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. Nice to have you company here on Sports Day and as we normally do on this magnificent night for Tab Touch, we catch up with David Short and it's nice to have Shorty on your radio. Welcome Shorty. How are you buddy? Yeah, really well. Thanks Carl. Will, great to be with you guys. Talk to us about the T20 World Cup, Shorty. They're pretty excited about this getting underway on the weekend for the Aussies. Well, the Aussies go in faves for their first game on Saturday up against New Zealand. A dollar forty-four, New Zealand two seventy-five. Another big game on Sunday there. India v Pakistan. Viewing audience in excess of a billion expected to be tuned in. India a dollar fifty-two. Pakistan there at two dollars fifty. A billion. Okay, a few people watching. What about the NBL? Wildcats taking on the Jack Jumpers. Yeah, it should be another interesting game on Saturday night. Wildcats on the road, dollar fifty-four favourites, two forty-eight. The Jack Jumpers line betting on that game sits at four. They've just dropped the one game though so far this year. The Wildcats are for this season. Hopefully, they can continue on their winning ways. And the Perth Glory in the A League taking on the Mariners. They go in at the Outsiders on Sunday afternoon. Central Coast, the home side, a dollar ninety-three. The draw there at three seventy-five, and the Glory at three dollar sixty. And, mate, as we turn our attention to the Nags, and it starts on Friday night with the Manicato Stakes there at Mooney Valley. Indeed, yeah. It should be a really interesting race as well for us there on Friday night. Uh, under lights, always a, a traditional massive night in the build-up to Cox Plate Day. Palili heads in as our $3.70 favourite here in the Manicato. Out of touch from three fifty. Bella Nipatina at $5. Cool and get a $6 chance, Rothfire at 7 next best in betting, and best of Bordeaux as a $13 chance. Well, there's such some hot racing on Saturday, some important ones too as we continue to focus on Mooney Valley on Saturday, mate. Let's start uh, with a couple of Group 2 events, the Vars and the Gold Cup as we head towards the big Group 1, the Cox Plate. Indeed, yeah, in the Vars, Berkeley Square, our $2.40 favourite, Virtuous Circle on the second line at 5 uh, Pericles is there as a $6 chance. Moving on to the Mooney Valley Gold Cup over the 2,500 metres. Uh, Francesco Gardi, our favourite at $4.20, has been really well backed in from $7. Per Sand, 480 into 460. Desert Icons there as a $6 chance. And the feature race of the day, the Group 1 Cox Plate over the 2,040 metres. Watch out for the big first, first four carryover here, punters. Uh, Animo, 245, out of touch from 230. Zaki, 4 to 420. El Bodegon, this is a horse uh, that is here from Europe and uh, plenty of pundits suggesting it can give some cheek. It's an $8 chance. Next best in betting on Thunderstruck is $12. Let's head up to Randwick, the Group 1 Spring Champion Stakes. Yeah, it should be another cracker. Um, having a look at the market as it sits right now with a tab touch and uh, there's some pretty smart types going around here. 
Uh, Elliptical is our current favourite at $4. Opened up there at $4.60, so support's been good. Williamsburg, six firm at that quote, similar for She's Extreme. Uh, Prometo is at $6.50, and Sharp and Smart there is a $6.50 chance. But Elliptical, our popular favourite there for the Group 1 Spring Champion at the $4. And locally, the big one of the day is the listed Belgravia Stakes, and we'll see whether Amelia's Jewel can keep its perfect record intact. Indeed, yeah, she's really made a splash uh, unbeaten after three career starts to this point. Uh, she's backable at this stage, 225 out of touch to $2.30. Snowdome, 250 into 235 has been back to knock off Amelia's jewel. Next in betting, rumour says there is a $6 chance. Shorty, thank you very, very much, mate. Uh, have a great weekend, and we will have a chat to you next week. Cheers. Thanks very much, Carl. Will, all the very best, punters. Good on you, David Short there. Those with the touch, choose Tab Touch. Better your bet. Download the Tab Touch app today. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help on 1-800-858-858. As we jump into our Chase for Charity, brought to you by Greyhounds WA, we're joined by James Broadhurst. Welcome back, James. G'day, guys. Good to be with you again. Yeah, g'day, James. Uh, it's good to have you, mate. Group 2 All-Stars Sprint Final at Cannington on Saturday. Talk to us about that. Yeah, look, this is going to be a ripper, guys. Uh, pretty much all the dogs that we wanted to get through the heat stage have made the final. There were a few, uh, uh, I guess, surprising results, but uh, but all the big guns have made it through. Uh, probably the dog that everyone's talking about through that heat. Well, there's two, actually, but the main one is Throttle, uh, which is great to see this dog come back. First time we've seen him since the national sprint final in Sydney. Look, a little bit underdone coming into this series, but uh, you would have known that from his heat win. It was a superb effort to run down Amplified and uh, to win his heat. So he's made it through the final. Electrified, uh, this up-and-coming chaser, which has won 13 of 15 career starts. Look, he he just stamped himself as a rising star by knocking off Vice Grip. And, of course, Vice Grip, we know, uh, probably the dog of, in WA at the moment, best dog in WA at the moment, just coming off that Mandra Cup win. So, look, it's a fantastic field for this for this final here. Electrified gets box one. Uh, he's come up through the ranks. He's now playing with the big boys. He certainly looks up to it. Throttle has a hard task here on box five, uh, but look, sort of dog that's so mercurial, he can do anything. And Vice Grip never rule him out. Every time we've, we've ruled him out, he's he's uh, come through. Of course, he won this race last year as well, Vice Grip. So he got box eight, uh, but that's not necessarily a bad thing for him because the dog in box seven amplified might provide a cut for him into the race. So look, it's a, it's a cracking affair. I honestly am not brave enough to pick it. If I had to choose, it'd be one of those three. I'm not going to separate which one of them I think is going to win this one. Get off the fence, James. Uh, what are your best? What are your best bets for the weekend, mate? Uh, all right. So this is where we do jump off the fence, and hopefully we can get some through. Hey, by the way, how did Dennis go for you guys? Am I following in? Am I on a hiding to nothing here, or was he? You know, yeah, mixed results. Okay? Mixed results. Up and down, JB. Up and down. So uh, we're okay. we're expecting you though. You've been out in the paddock for a spell, so we're expecting <laughs> you to come back with a fast start. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, it might take a few runs to get me back into form. Hopefully not. Hopefully we can kick off with a bank. Look, uh, Friday night, I'm heading towards race three. Number two, Armatory Arrow. Uh, form on this dog of late has been really good. He did run uh, in the bottom half of the field in a free-to-all last week, but he's back in grade for this one. He gets an inside draw. 
He's got good early pace, so I think that gets him the early lead here, which is uh, all important. There is a threat further out in box six here, Riffin Tomahawk. Riffin Tomahawk's probably the more accomplished greyhound, but I'll go with Armatry Arrow as uh, the form is a bit better with him. So that's race three, number two, I should say, Armatry Arrow for Friday night. And for Cannington on Saturday, guys, well, I'm feeling adventurous. And the dog I'm going with here is Columbus Manelli. See what I did there? Well, no, good to be back, isn't it? <laughs> so, <race laughs> six, number seven, and Columbus Manelli. And look, this dog, man, it's like stepping onto a roller coaster every time you back him. He's exciting, but look, it could be a wild ride. He's the sort of dog that gets far back in the field and then just charges home. Uh, look, there's a few other dogs in this race which are, are frankly more predictable. Uh, with their racing patterns and, and what they're going to do. But Columbus Manelli has the X factor here. He'll definitely be charging to the line and coming home strongly. It just depends on whether he's close enough uh, when he does that and whether he gets a clear enough run to get through. Can't be super confident given his racing style, uh, but I do like him as an each-way look if the price is right for him at Cannington on Saturday. So it's race six, number seven, Columbus Manelli. Beautiful, JB. Thank you very much for your time tonight, mate. Take care, and we'll have a chat to you next week. Thanks, guys. James Broadhurst here on Sports Day. Chase for charity, thanks to Greyhounds WA Racing Against Motor Neurone Disease. Will and I did very bad last week. We made absolutely nothing for our Chase for charity, so we've got to dig deep. What are you going for this week? Speak for yourself, mate. Mandra, my old uh, hitting ground down there. Race three, mm. one, two, eight. Box Quinella. You hear me, Heater? One, two, eight, Box Quinella, race three, Mandra. Race three, Mandra, Box Quinella, one, two, and eight. Well, I'm going for a bit of stimulus. Race two, number two, stimulus to get us the chocolates this week. 25 each way for me, Heater. I'll make it easy for you. So let's hope that we can get some money into the kitty in our chase for charity. And we'll clear a break, come back and tell you what's coming up after the 8 o'clock news next. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. Todd Johnson is next on your radio here on 882 6 What an unbelievable night it's been at the cricket. The UAE have upset Namibia. Uh, the UAE side posted three for 148. Namibia, eight for 141. Uh, they have uh, imploded at the end, unfortunately. So their World Cup aspirations are over. It means that the Netherlands are into the World Cup. So Ryan Campbell, the great mate of ours here on 882 6BR, has survived. Earlier, Sri Lanka beat the Netherlands to advance. The Melbourne Stars, 9 for 110 down there at the Wacker tonight, taking on our Perth Scorchers women. And at the moment, our girls, 5 for 71. So the equation... 40 runs from 30 balls as we leave you tonight here on Sports Day. In the NBL, South East Melbourne, 99 to New Zealand Breakers, 77. And Cairns upsetting Melbourne United, 81-77. So another upset right there. So maybe we're looking at some of that as we head into the weekend of sport. And at the WA Golf Open, it is Dan Lawson who leads at eight under a record in the field today. Fantastic stuff. Uh, it's time for the 8 o'clock news. Toddy Johnston to take you through until midnight next year on 6PR. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.